You are listening to the Downtown Larned Podcast, the podcast where we aim to cultivate vision for the future of downtown Larned. We are so grateful to have you join us this week. Let's get started. My name is Jared Smith, my co-host Landon Irway, and we have a very special guest today. I'm excited. Our very own the mayor of L.A., Learned America, William Nusser. Thanks for joining us, William. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about um, the podcast and everything we got going here in Learned and kind of talk about um, Landon first approached me about vision. And a lot of times we don't get that opportunity to talk about what we're working on as a city and community and having that vision. It kind of just things happen and then people figure it out later. It's just nice to see that we do have some plans in place. And also, I think it's going to be interesting to see the results and talking to local business owners and getting everyone together. I think it's a real need. Yeah, I'm excited. I, absolutely. Uh, what what an honor. We've got um, a business owner, community owner, and the mayor himself all wrapped up into one. So um, I'm, I'm pretty pumped to gain a lot of a lot of knowledge in this one. So Yeah. Well, William, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so originally born and raised in Hutchinson, Kansas, basically born in Hutch, went to Hutch High, graduated from there, um, went to wa- on to Washburn University, got my accounting degree, um, nearing graduation, just looking for work. You know, everyone was. It was 2010, um, just after the 2008 crisis. It was tough. A lot of people had stayed in the work longer than they wanted. And Larned America came across the old radar. Um, interesting story on that. First time I saw Larned on the, basically the job app, what they call BOD jobs there at Washburn. And I said, no way. No way. I don't even know where that's at. <laughs> so um, I disregarded it completely, did not yeah. even take any interest in it at all. Out of Hutch, is that what you said? Yeah, I grew up in Hutch, but I was in Topeka at this Topeka. time. Um, okay. So I was like, Larned, I don't even know where that's at. Not interested. Yeah. Um, randomly, um, I ended up in Hutch probably two weekends later. And we went to the local races, and a buddy of mine that I grew up with, Tyler Schultz, um, was like, hey, you're an accounting major, right? And I'm like, yeah, and I'm getting ready to graduate. And he's like, well, my secretary's husband's looking for an accountant. I'm like, where are you at? And he's like, Lauren. I'm like, really? Where's that at? Like, I had no clue. And without that random interaction, there's no way I would have applied for the job. Mm-hmm. Um, some of that was is uh, at that time, City did not have a good branding on the internet website. We yeah. were really poor. Mm-hmm. And what, how we represented ourselves looked very bad to job applicants. So that's always been in the back of my mind. Um, it's not like I saw Lauren and was like, yes, this is my great path. It was literally a random, I went home for the weekend. I don't usually, I, I met probably my entire time in college, four years, I came home 15 times. You know, I, I didn't come home for Thanksgiving sometimes, didn't come home for Christmas. I just stayed. Mm-hmm. I liked it there. So um, that random trip to the races, Tyler was here or I wouldn't be here. You know, if it Larned at that point with how it represented itself just wasn't attractive. So that's always been a lot of my vision of what we've got to do to that outside looker that the first time you hear about Larned is that job application. You're probably not going to apply. That's always yeah. been my um, vision behind it and seeing. So when I got on the chamber board, that was some of the start, but yeah, I wouldn't have been, it just almost random chance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're thankful for that race and we're thankful for that conversation that brought you here yeah, it's random. to Larned. Uh, why'd you, uh, why'd you become mayor? Well, it's a passion behind that. So I was on the chamber board, the better part of a decade when I first moved to town, I probably was on the board eight to 10 years, I think in that period. And I realized every time that we were trying to do something, um, it always had to go through the city. And then mm-hmm. we weren't really on the same page at that point. So it seemed like I was spinning my wheels and we we're working really hard, but then we never really could do anything. We still needed someone else's approval that wasn't really seeing what we were doing. So I, um, I started attending the city council meetings initially as a chamber treasurer, just like, 
we would present. And after I went to a couple, I was like, you know, I'm going to start going to these meetings. So I went to the meetings for about a year um, before even thinking about running for office or anything. And I realized that we had some problems. Um, there was definitely a division that it felt like there was a line in the sand. Every council meeting that here's a community, here's the council, we're fighting all the time. And I felt with the leadership experience that I had and through Kansas Leadership Center that I could help. That's when the first thing I wanted to figure out is could I help? It's an uncommon path to go from not an elected official to mayor. Usually it's a council member that kind of eventually a guy leaves and he steps up. So I wanted to see that's why I started going to the meetings in advance um, to make sure I could help and how it was ran and then if my skill set could be a production. I think it did. Um, so that was really how I just felt like it was going to be easier to get my foot in the door on certain things. Um, Kansas Leadership Center is big on uh, leadership as an action, not a noun. But I'm also a believer you can't do one without the other. So yeah. the idea that what you're a mayor doesn't make you a leader. It's what you do while you're mayor. Yeah. But as mayor – it does open some doors of conversations if we're at the state level or right. um, different organizations or businesses. They feel like you're kind of, I don't have to go to the next guy. We're kind of there. And it, it has opened up and made some of the conversations simpler. Right. Now, being mayor by itself doesn't get anything done. Um, I could do nothing and you would be mayor, but that doesn't make you a leader. So that action still is important, but having some uh, more traditional leadership roles does help. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I can relate to kind of the the council meetings it's it's almost like a question mark and and the general public of of what what is council meeting what is that where, where is it um so it, it was during the time where where you guys were getting a lot of publicity on tearing down the buildings yeah. downtown it's and, always good publicity for yeah, us. yeah. <laughs> and um yeah that, i think that, that was my first uh, meeting that i attended and and there's a lot of heavy hitting subjects, I think, on a regular basis. Yeah. That, that in our council, I'm very fortunate. You know, things we've been able to accomplish, a lot of that stems from a great council that, one, is willing to disagree and move forward. We don't hold, like, this long-term grudge of, oh, you were against me on that. So we've got – I've always been fortunate to work. We've had different people, but a great council that's willing to have the difficult discussion, um, that's what's important. But also we have a great staff that can bring us the data and then execute decisions. And that's that's a – Really, I've been fortunate in those factors that our city staff from the new hire to guys that have been there a long time are really, really good. Our department superintendents are amazing. You know, that's a lot of the concern that I carry long term is how do you replace that guy? And we've been fortunate that uh, we've been able to do that. There's an interesting little saying about the power plan. It says cities are what how men build them or something like that. And it's really it is true that the, it's on the backs of um, the staff. And when I meet with them, I, I thank them for our hard work. But I remind them if I'm mayor, we're going to keep. We're going to keep doing projects and pushing and having those difficult discussions like the building downtown. That's not something you want to do or have to do, but, you know, for for where we want to get to, sometimes that, that has to happen. Yeah. Well, very good. So William Nusser, mayor of Larned, uh, that's that's not your only title. Also, um, head owner, right? Yeah, of 100% owner of Simmons and Simmons. Simmons yeah. and Simmons. So right behind... I guess Alco building. We, we shouldn't call it that anymore. Yeah. It, so uh, JNS liquidation. Yeah. But if you've been around for probably what at least fifteen years, you call it the Alco building, yeah. I guess. But um, used to be in uh, what, what was the address of your downtown? Building? It was five twenty nine Broadway. So at the corner there, Caddy Corner from Ace Hardware, and right across from Farmers Bank. Okay. And that's I I drive downtown quite a bit. Just yeah. obviously having a passion enough passion to start a podcast over yeah. over a concept, but. Um, 
Probably more normally the long term is the Masonic Lodge. You know, okay. built, yeah. I think built it's in the late 1880s. Tallest, tallest building, right? Yep. I mean, it's, how many stories does it have? have three full stories. And when I mean okay. full, you're talking 15-foot ceilings yeah. per. And so uh, we don't have to stick on it very long since we'll dive into more of uh, the building aspects, historical concepts uh, in later episodes. But what, like right now, what what is up there? It seems like nothing's been up there forever. So when we moved... Um, uh, and this is a good thing to address with downtown buildings, but in my, I want to be honest to people in my moment in time is I did not want to own a downtown building any longer than I had to, mm-hmm. you know, just because of the, the overhead and the cost. And I, and I knew as our firm and the way where our principal was that I wasn't going to invest to finish the top two, two to three floors. And that basically we never had used a two, second, third floor in mm-hmm. the lifetime of Simmons and Simmons. So we've been out around since 1988. So I knew that I wasn't the great steward owner of it because what my focus would be on Simmons and Simmons, and that wasn't our niche. So um, we sold um, to somebody that had been leasing from us from to Alliance Insurance. So um, they're not using our old office space as of now. Um, hopefully, I know they've had some interest, and it's a great space. I wish they would more actively market it. But um, the second and third stories, the second story is interesting. It was old. It's kind of set up in offices, basically, because mm-hmm. the Masonics used to host their office space there. There's a cafeteria kind of area kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, and the third floor, if you think about the space of that, it's basically almost one large room. And there's nothing up there. I mean, it's a pretty cool space. A lot of old historic woodwork. Um, it's a really cool space. Um, and I think it's not that far out from making it right. It has a good roof. It's not a flat roof. It's got some crown to it. So mm-hmm. actually, for investment, it makes sense. The windows have been updated in some recent period of time because they're good functioning and sealed. Um, but if you could get some living there, it would be interesting. But it's yeah. the heating and air is the trickiest. Heating and air and sprinklers, right. I think, will yeah. be always your downtown trickiness because of regulation. Well, windows is a start. Yeah. That, that's, that's a start. Yeah, yeah. and it has, it has really yeah. good, like, more new, modern yeah. windows. The, the Masonics did a good job of maintaining it. Yeah. I mean, since then, the second story has some storage now, but really most of it, the nice part is versus other downtown structures is pretty vacant, and there's yeah. not, like, a bunch of old stuff there that right. people are keeping it, and I think we'll get to later about a lot of the fight is cheap storage. So, right. Yeah, and one big part about that building that has an advantage probably over others, it already has a functioning elevator. Oh, wow. First to third floor, yeah. Cool. And it works pretty good. And yeah. we kind of had a policy not to regularly ride it because we don't have somebody coming out every year. But it does. We've, I've never had a situation where it didn't function well. Yeah. So you're not that far out from it being an active yeah. elevator. So when you look at ADA and living in there in a space, not having just stairs everywhere, and it has some updated electrical. So um, that's a big plus for that location yeah. if you look at development. And honestly, the at, at face value, it, it – it's a nice building, yeah. you know. Did you guys paint it gray? Or, yeah. 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 Okay. So when I moved here, I think it was gold or yellow at one yeah. point. And uh, Joe and Kevin were great stewards of owning it, and uh, they maintained it, painted it, and tried to do things that you necessarily had to to um, yeah. operate. And, like, didn't have broken out windows. And has and then the, really the first floor has more modern uh, heating and air and electrical okay. and that stuff. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Um, that that kind of seg- segues us over into – um, actually, our, our segment called Broadway Vitals, um, and it's really we'll we'll be talking about this every every week. Um, just basically, it can be opinionated, but more so on a on a factual basis of where where are we at? Um, pros and cons of downtown uh, shooting people straight, um, so that we can establish a a footing on progressing forward. So, um, I like to start or I like to end on a high note. Yeah. Um, so let's let's start off with some of the negative perceptions of downtown. And I think as mayor, you're probably 
probably at the forefront of, of complaints, yeah. I'd imagine. Yeah, I think on there for downtown, it's always that people want it to be what it was, yeah. right? You know, there, things were different when there was a shoe repairman, a TV repairman, and just different things in industries that don't exist anymore. And um, the visual, you know, especially those um, the buildings that we did go through the demolition phase, there was a lot of really poor visual. You're talking boarded up windows and overcoming just even that small stuff when a guy's on and goes down, get him to address that windows out, get him to fix it. Um, there's this perception that we can go there and just tell you to do something, right? The city city needs to do that, you know? And I always joke when they talk about the city, it's usually not positive. So um, they talk about, like, we're this authoritarian figure, but it's a good and bad thing. But as a property owner, you have property rights, and it's important to make sure that we don't infringe upon property rights. Yeah. And so as much as you want someone to replace that window or paint their house a different color or do that, they have that right, you know, and that's important through this process. We respect those rights. But that's what was really difficult to me. I'm a really big believer in property rights. You know, I'm not a – we do as a city, but that's not – it's not what I want. It's what people at large want. Like I don't – if guy wants to have his grass real tall, that doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. You own your property. And there's a, there's a point that we got – that we got to be careful not to cross too far over because what we market and look through, why people are attracted to the area, especially what we've seen since COVID and a lot of the restrictive things that we saw back east and out west was freedom. You know, you have freedom. And that's a – we got to caution on ourselves what we do because that was a lot of – and what you're seeing why rural America is more attractive today than it was pre-COVID, I would say, because people have realized the freedoms that you have. And we yeah. got to be careful. I mean, you want to have a clean, nice town – but you also got to be respective of people's freedoms of property rights. They own the property, right. you know. So, what right do you have to tell them what to do? Yeah, I think that's a great point, William. And I think even you just bringing up and talking about just even when the complaints come about what it used to be. And I think the heart behind this podcast isn't looking back of what it used to be, but what can it become? What can downtown become and have a fresh vision and ideas for Lawrence's downtown? Right. And get excited about yeah. it. And I've always had a, maybe a more optimistic look inside there on the functionality. You look at the downtown's dying. That's what people would say, right? Yeah. Because people look at downtown as that used to be the polar draw of your community and driver. But when we were downtown as Simmons and Simmons, sometimes as a business owner, I took that to be offensive. Because we've been there since really and functionally our firm's been around since the 30s. Just as changed names or owners. I did not change the name when I purchased. But, you know, we had Everett Avery owned it then. Uh, Pavanka bought it from Ever Avery and then Kevin and Joe from him. So we're talking long-term business. Mm-hmm. Ike Shaver Plumbing, been there since Ike started it. You know, you got OPI's been there a long time. Even my favorite furnishings was Tabler Furniture. Um, the banks, you know, been there over 100-plus years. First right. they are now Fusion and then Farmers. So even here at State Farm, you know, so I think when people say that, I think sometimes I take offense. When I was a business owner, I'd be like, you know, you know, we've been here almost over 100 years, you know, yeah. going or we're going on 100 um, but, you know, you look at other places that had been for over 100, and you look at country season, what Don and them are doing, they put investment in. So I right. think when they say it, like, people say it's dying, but one of the main reasons that we basically changed our business location was parking availability for my clients. Yeah. So I would tell them, if you think it's dying, come here at 2 o'clock on a, during tax season try to find a parking spot. Right. There's not. Yeah. <laughs> so I, so I want to make sure we... We're honest, too. You know, our downtown is, yeah, there's things we always want to improve, and that's kind of our job. Yeah. But it's also important to represent and uh, celebrate the people that have done. I mean, OPI's been there a really long time. Right. You know, even the chamber building was a bank, but it's a functioning place. There's areas that that obviously are easier to direct, but it's not like we're 
on the point of Armageddon. You right. know, I mean, country season had dawned in them, and even at Scraps, what they've invested in their business needs to be recognized. Yeah, you know, it can't just be, oh, our downtown, we need to, you know. Right. Yeah, there's some areas that we'd like to be better, but also I'm very proud of the businesses that have sustained really long periods. I don't know how long Shaver Plumbing's been there, but, you know. Long time. Ike ran his whole career there, and now the Shaver guy's there, and it looks like there's succession. That's something to be proud of, that a business like that has been able to sustain and be there a long period of time, support a lot of families in their business, but also support a lot of households. So I'm not always as negative, I guess, on that yeah. side. And I think that's an important point to to talk about especially here on, on this podcast about downtown Larned, of just continuing to look forward and what it can be. Because I was just hearing a part of a conversation a few weeks ago with um, a couple that were talking about that very thing of downtown dying, and they were talking about on Fridays and Saturday nights how many people were downtown. And I remember even in high school in my small town, I mean, we you call it dragging the gut here in yeah. Larned. We just call it dragging Maine where I grew yeah. up. and. Everyone in high school was on Main Street, and you you drive around and you park on Main Street. But times have changed, mm-hmm. and downtowns are changing. That doesn't mean they're dying. It just yeah. means we get to adapt and move towards and have fresh vision and passion for what's going on. Yeah, and I think what you saw, you know, in uh, in a rural America in general, I'm always super optimistic now versus the '80s. You know, the '80s of Hutchinson Mall. You know, that was built, and it basically drove all the retail from Larned, Great Bend. And everyone struggled with that, you know. And now that we have the online market, it helps us way more for population ability because you can get your retail. Um, but then also it gives your downtown, you're seeing not just Larned. I mean, you look at bigger communities, your, even your Nashvilles, your Wichitas, your Salinas are, are trying to figure out how to revitalize, you know, and significant investment. Salinas done some pretty cool with their space. I don't know if you've been over there, but they've put some effort in to try to really make a difference. So there is kind of a little bit of a buzz trying to get that downtown back yeah. where before, you know, I don't know, probably the 80s, there was time that everyone was going to suburbs, right? They're building suburbs. They're expanding. You look at Wichita. I imagine I don't know how they're downtown to be compared to where it was, but you look at where all their investment went. You know, it, it definitely went out to your maze, Goddard, and spread out. Now they're yeah. trying to figure out how to revitalize, and they've done some pretty big projects down yeah. there. But um, I think it was a natural to grow to the skirts, but now people are realizing that center core we need to kind of readdress. And that's, that's something that it really sparked this this podcast and this effort as a whole. Because moving back, uh, me and my wife, you know, we, we have skin in the game. So I've got family here. That's that's why I moved back. I love, I've always loved Larned, but um, I have I have the memories associated with that versus people who move back like you guys. And you're just, you're just, I mean, creating your own memories, yep. right? So. Um, There's no yesteryear. Right. It was already at that point by the time you get here. So what I've experienced on on behalf of State Farm is just encouragement that people are moving into town, really. Even though, I mean, historically speaking, our population is is decreasing, and and there's no doubt about that just to look at the charts. But but I would think, you know, we had that census in 2020, and I really just – Bites me, though, that timing one. Yeah, right. Historical we're an area that doesn't answer those questions. But I think 2020 COVID on would be the first time I really do believe we've seen a population increase. Yeah. I, it's got to be. Agree. It's got to be. The housing market, the where it's at, I would be surprised. But it was yeah. just the timing of when census was, right. and it came out, and they kind of powered through regardless, even though we were on all these lockdowns. Right. So they tried to, to paint this picture, and I just think it's different. I think your Well, your and that's, that's where I was going with that is – is if you look at longevity, there's a pop- population decrease. Yeah. But within within, the, within these past couple of years, yeah. 
um, there has certainly been interest in moving moving into town simply because of the freedom, right? Yeah. There, you, you look at the places where people are moving from, and it's, it's a little bit more rigorous as far as freedoms go. So, um, But beyond that, just as far as the state hospital goes, there's a lot of young people moving into town, and they're kind of— they're kind of dragging their feet on it. Like it's like, it's, well, I'm, I'm kind of uh, stuck here you yeah. know, per se, but the, the, the good news is, is they're here. And what keeps people in town is relationships, yep. right? Of, of you develop friends, you, you develop uh, memories, right? And then next thing you know, you're, you're stuck for life. Like, like Dave and Tina Glado, yep. shout out to Dave, Dave and Tina Glado. They have no skin in the game whatsoever. And they just wrap themselves up with some good friends, and next thing you know, they're lifers, right? Yeah. Um, so and I, yeah, and I think when we look at in our marketing side, is that sense of community. You know, yeah. and that's what we right. offer. It's completely different than when you go out in Wichita, and I, you know. And one thing I think that when we look at downtown development, or we look through, you know, everyone's like, "Oh man, you know, Hutch." You know, I grew up in Hutch, and out there by the mall, everyone's like, "Oh, it's blowing up." I'm like, "Yeah, if you like chain restaurants, I mean, it just yeah. has no character anymore." Right. And that's what I don't. I think that we can offer a completely different experience in our community. You can have character. You can have that mom and pop that still cares. You know, I mean, it's okay. But every time you go to a big development area where everyone's like, oh, that's blowing up. Okay, all the houses are five feet apart. They look the same. That one's baby blue gray. That one's baby blue brown. And there's Buffalo Wild Wings, Rib Crib. I mean, there's no character. You know, I grew up in Hutch, so I'm a big Roy's barbecue fan. Like, that's character. That lady's been there. They're registered my entire life. And that's what it's about, creating that community. And I think that's what we have. That's what... Small towns are allowed to differentiate versus bigger communities because yeah. bigger communities is just chain restaurant city. Yeah, I agree. Well, maybe you've already addressed it, but as mayor, what's one of the most consistent complaints that you've been faced with regarding downtown? You know, downtown, I meant complaint wise. I mean, guys get it there and there, but it's not like we're beating the drum on it. I mean, it really yeah. isn't a regular thing. I mean, what we've seen. Um, it's not like every day someone's like, what are you going to do with downtown? You know, I mean, a lot of the focus, and it's tricky as a city. I mean, it's an interesting role when we consider and define economic development. That's what I was thinking about when coming on this podcast, is thinking about, and I'm interested in what people's responsibility on downtown revitalization. What is economic development? You know, right. and it's tricky in what the city's role is. You know, and normally our role, I think, in, in basics when we talk about council, our primary focus is um, public safety, so police, fire, yeah. and all that stuff, and then roads and infrastructure. What is our role in economic development? You know, are we the driver? Are we recruiting? You know, does it help if there's an incentive base? But really, our ability to to give much incentive there is tricky. Um, so, well, and, and incentive is short term, anyways. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't nurture a business along its whole life no. off of incentives. Yeah, it's got to be. I think traditionally in our area that people aren't wanting a gov- government subsidy type program to be providing to why it works, and that's the yeah. trickiest part about downtown is that. Um, we've seen investment recently, which is really nice. I think that's community focus. But w- to make a large boom, it has to have profit focus. Like you have, it has to make business sense to do it. And how do we look at what programs are currently out there? How do we look at our spaces to make sense that if I invest X, Y, Z, that's ultimately what we're coming down to. All these questions will rely on if I put in this money, what am I going to get back? And it better make sense, or it's not going to happen over. A, a whole scoom. You may get 10 guys together to say, or another guy to what we're getting now that says, Hey, I'm, I love laundry and I'm going to do it, but you got to, it's got to fiscally make sense for a larger scope of project. I would think. Yeah. You touch on it. It kind of hit it on the head as far as what can, what can the city do? Cause you, you're absolutely right. There's, there's only so much that you guys can do um, that is actually going to, to 
uh, not infringe on people's actual rights and whatnot. So yeah. um, at some point, it's it, well, the majority of it has to come from the community. Um, so I think that a lot of it is just uh, rallying troops to some point. But what I mean, not necessarily in Larned's realm, but what what are other communities and cities doing to their downtowns to help supplement change? That's an interesting question. I mean, you look at there is um, so the state has some programs like State Main Street, and you can sign up on these deals and get what they call your like a Main Street program. And there's some guidelines there that kind of help you get on that role in the marketing side. Um, but one interesting thing I always look at when people talk about downtown or commercial, and with our industry there at Simmons and Simmons, we deal with a lot of small business, and routinely we have a guy come in and say, "Hey, you know, I got a new business, or I, I'm, I've been working out of my home. Now I feel like I'm big enough to get a commercial space. Right? I'm gonna I'm gonna open an office and have an office." Where are you going to go? Downtown's interesting on that. You're not going up and down, and there's just four sales signs up and down the road. If you pulled up your phone today and looked at commercial real estate and learned it, it's not available. Right. And that's one of the things that we're trying to task as a council, I think, that can help. Uh, making sure that that avenue that the property owners, I don't want to say are squatting or sitting on property, um, but we've got to figure out that component. Because what we've seen, like the building that we're downtown, the assault the demolition, most of those in the last 10 years, transitioned hands anywhere in the three to $5,000 number. That's what they were selling for. Um, so when you buy something like that, you're just not putting money into it because that's not why you bought it. You bought it because you said, well, it's got three stories. If it leaks, the first two will catch it. Like, I'm going to put myself in the bottom. And you think about a storage shed that's 150 a month for 10 by 10, I can get this 3,000 square feet for $3,000. So... Finding the right owner, I think community-wise, that's probably a better pressure than what city, what kind of rules and regs we would have to fall in of asking that guy, dude, you've had this building forever and you're not doing anything with it. Like, can you get off of it? Or like, you know, you know, and I think the key is first domino. And I think we're seeing a little bit maybe more holding on properties today because of the development we're seeing. I think there's a little bit of interest, like, how is this going to go? Like, I'm next door, I'm down the street. You know, I'm watching this. I mean, you look downtown, there's been a construction for over a year now, but it's a big project. And with the demolition and combined, I think there's some owners down there that I don't know if they have interest in development, but they kind of feel like maybe my property is going to be worth more because of that. So they're holding versus seeing everyone develop together. That first domino's key, I think we have that. I think you're seeing a major building being renovated and the space next to that you're going to have that kind of item to pull people back downtown. Um, and I think that helps to go through, but it's just the people holding the properties. I mean, that is that is a, and as a property rights, there's not much. The city, we can put pressure on that you need to take your chipping paint, fill it, fix your window, but we don't have a lot of authority. Until it becomes a public safety problem like we saw with having an engineer coming in and he has to certify and stamp that this building is in imminent danger to the community, there's not much we can do. And it's unfortunate for people to hear, but it's more community pressure. You know, it's that side of we got to be better. That's it's kind of like when your neighbor mows the grass. You know, that's like, when you okay. Give, that guy give like, him a good stare down. Yeah, yeah. like you know, he mowed his grass. <laughs> ah, I push him on my grass. You know, you know, that's so that's what, the hard part. That consistency and ownership and and there. But seeing the other day when I drove, I was like, you know, maybe our downtown signs are too flat on the building. Maybe that's our thing. Like every business you drive by, it's flat. Exactly. You don't have that perpendicular to the well, road. Even even just walking walking or, or and shopping, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm on the uh, Economic Development Board. Yeah. So we have a lot of events downtown, and and we say this business, this business, and this business is participating. And then you got people walking up down the streets, like looking up at the, at, yeah. you know, like, 
where what what am I looking at here? Yeah. Is this and if you're new to town, that's that's one of the hard things that um uh Lana reminds me a lot of when I was in my fraternity in college that we're so close that you assume other people know what you know. So when someone's new to town, how do they know? Like how would you know the Chambers hosting event? Like right. you know when you're here and you're in the trenches, and I think it's something that um our marketing group has really helped us with, but also understanding it's hard to get the message out. You know, there's social media that's great, but not everyone's using that. We got the local newspaper, but they've done a lot of great changes in the last five years. Um, Buddy and Judy Taylor have done excellent work there. Um, but that's that's an avenue, but not everyone's looking there. So it's it's hard to get that message out. And the chamber fights the same thing. But so when you're in the trenches, you're like hyper aware of everything that's going on. But I laugh to myself sometimes when I think I don't even know if 25 percent of town knows that I'm mayor. Would even know, you know what I mean? I don't. I, that may be high. We don't have, you know what I mean? I'm in Merrill going, this is what, year eight, nine. So, I mean, they would still be like blown away if I walk on somewhere. And that's good. And like, because everyone, I think, has this conception of small town. Everyone knows each other. They don't. Yeah, I can, right. yeah. I certain you, if you want to live in London, America and have complete, no one knows who you are, you can do it. That's super simple. Yeah. I mean, I just, it is so simple. I just met, uh, well, we ensure a, a 90, 94 year old man. My great-grandpa was 94 years old. They both lived in Lara their whole lives. Well, maybe not their whole lives, but, yeah. but adult lives. Didn't know each other. Yeah. Didn't, I'm like, what? How, yeah. what in the world? Yeah, people have this idea in small town. Well, everyone knows it. Like, yeah, definitely when you go to the grocery store, walk around, you run to more people that oh, you yeah, see. Right. But there are a lot of people that you have no idea who they are, and it's great. You can still have, yeah. I mean. You, you need a name tag. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> I'm okay tag. with that, you know. <laughs> Hey guys, that's all that we have time for this week in our conversation with William Nusser. Please tune in next week to hear the rest of our conversation. We've got a lot left to talk about. So in the meantime, have a great week. Thank you. We want to thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Downtown Learner Podcast. We hope that this episode has both blessed and encouraged you. If you haven't yet, go like our Facebook page and leave a comment with your biggest thoughts and takeaways from this week's episode. Have a great rest of your week. God bless.